Three companies, disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared. Welcome to another edition of M Squared. I'm your host, Dan Ryan. Joining me as always, Mike Bloomfield, the Techie Geek. Hello. Anthony Rapachulo, PR Cision. What's up? Today we're talking about some of the offshore wind projects that are coming to Staten Island. Joining us is Matt McInerney and Jeff Lee Romero, who are going to be able to share their insights, their roles in the project and the, the new infrastructure that is potentially being built out here in Staten Island. So thank you for joining us today, guys, and welcome. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. But before we get into them, oh, no rant. I have a little bit of a rant. But so maybe I get a little raps rant music. You have a you have a rant or you I, have a box in front. I have of a box, but can let's talk with a rant. And now for today's raps rant. I just want my own theme music, so thank you. You're You're not so back in July, we went Ant was nice to have us come over his house, had beautiful cooked some beautiful Wagyu steak from Snake Farms or Snake, Snake River Farms. Farms yeah. I didn't get to really have any steak because they served it all up, gave and portioned it out. I got none. I don't know how. I actually had a very nice piece on my plate, and his wife took it from me and gave me a fat piece. I don't know what that was about. I watched the swap out. But we got to figure that he's hungry right now. Yeah, I know. So while we're there, uh, I had this idea, and I I was like, oh, I'm going to order something. And I spoke with Dan. We're going to order this. Ordered this in July. Totally forgot about it. Like two weeks ago, I get this notification that I'm getting a shipment from overseas. I'm like, what the well, hell what this is, is this? I'm like, what is coming? No idea. And then the package shows up. And I go, I ordered this in July. It's December. No, I totally forgot I ordered it. I hope but, it was really expensive. Okay. But so, this is, last this is from Dan and I. Last episode of the year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. This makes no sense. But I'm gonna... While we were at your house. No. You said that you, no one exist. could find this cup. There's no way it's the same one. It's the exact, the exact same, same cup. One. This is apparently his favorite wine glass. And it has the red stem. That he said that he broke one and they can never wow. find it. So my goal that whole dinner we were there was to find one. I found it in two minutes. If you know wow. how to use the internet, it's called Google. This is yeah, but I, but I listen. When I broke mine, I had to get mine shipped from Germany. Well, that's where it came from. It, it took, took five months, and I also spent almost two hundred seventy dollars on it. Yeah, you're crazy because th- it was expensive. But it wasn't two seventy. I ordered it directly from Rydell. And yeah, apparently if you want a beautiful wine glass from my deli, you just got to order it five months lead time, but wow. it will eventually show up. Listen, wow. thank you. This is, that was great. So well, here I am. I got nothing for that. And honestly, the only reason I ordered that while we were there is I figured uh, Dan's son Finn was going to break your wine glass, so we probably <laughs> should get one in the order. So my son has a tendency to break things. Uh, <laughs> TVs, anything from <laughs> TVs to wine glasses. To that, that's great. But happy holidays. That's awesome. Do you have a gift Thank for us you. now? I, I know. I'm, I'm prepared. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. I the wind. That, that is the biggest wine glass I've ever oh, seen. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm a wine guy, and my wife got me that glass when we first got married or whatever it was, and I take better care of the glass than my kid. <laughs> I wash it. I put it away. No one can touch it. I broke it one day. Now, that's okay because I broke it because I couldn't yell at anybody. It was my fault. But when I broke it, I had to go and search, and I, I did find it, but it took... Five months, it was almost $300 with shipping when I got it from Germany, and it wow. and that was it. So now I take care of it. So when anyone comes over, they're like, oh, look at this. I'm like, don't touch my glass. It's worth more than your life. <laughs> Enjoy your steaks and do whatever you want. Glass. So now you have a backup. So lock that in the safe That's just awesome. in case. Now when you come to my house, you could drink out of it. I don't one. want to drink out of it. No, I'll break it. <laughs> 
there's been more wind produced in this five, the last five <laughs> minutes than probably everything we're going to talk about in the project. Let's get back to what this project is, the collaboration with TMI, and just the background. A lot of people have seen maybe some clips here and there in the news about offshore wind and what it is and the potential for it, but I don't know how many people actually know or care or know that there's opportunity here for it. So why don't you guys jump in and share a little? And maybe let's start by taking a step back. New York State, in particular, has ambitious goals for the offshore wind sector. Governor Hochul, all the way down to Mary Adams, they're working in lockstep to really push out the production of these offshore wind farms and these offshore wind developments. It's it's a whole new economic opportunity for the whole region, for the whole state. Yeah, as part of that, there right now we're we just finished the third round of New York solicitations of successive rounds of awarding the rights to develop these wind farms out in the ocean. So there's a lot of excitement around that. I think some of why it still feels like it's under the radar is because these projects take a long time to happen, right? Like you can get an award and then it takes years to get a permit and it takes years to do the construction. Our projects, a little bit about us, our project's the Leading Light Wind Project. We're not projected to get that operational until 2030. It's just the nature of these large-scale projects is you got to win your approvals, you got to do your permitting, you got to do your construction. And so you talk to anyone who's in offshore when it's going to take that amount of time. So until you start seeing the actual construction, I think it's natural to feel like, hey, this is not really happening yet. It's about to start happening. And it is happening on a smaller scale. But that's just taking a step back in the sector overall. And it's not just New York, it's New Jersey. It's the whole Northeast that's like really leading the way for the sector. It's a whole new sector for the country. Europe's been doing it for 20 years. They know how to do it. They've done it a thousand times backwards and forwards. And we're like, okay, we got to get this going, get some momentum going. And we could speak more about that. But just at a high level, that's where the industry's at. So I want to jump in for one second, not to interrupt you, but... It's interesting because the way you said 2030 and you have all this time, this podcast is all about marketing and branding and opportunity. So when I heard you say that, I didn't think negatively. In my mind, I'm saying to myself, you've got that much time to ramp up, to educate, to saturate the market, build a campaign, create what you need, build awareness. I want to get into that later. But I think, and the way you're smiling, I think you agree with me. It's more of an opportunity than a detriment, right? 100%. Yeah, this is going to be a real all hands on deck for the industry. And we need that time. We need that time for a supply chain, both in the actual construction, marketing, outreach, like you said, but also the training of individuals. Of course. Which is really where I come in. Maddie McInerney work for Indigo River, which is part of the TMI joint venture. We do training of small businesses and individuals. We actually have the first and only GWO training facility in New York on in the borough of Staten Island. Someone like myself, to, to be employed or, or work with the wind and things of that nature, you have to go through your training program. So educate me a little bit about that. So not necessarily. If you go want to work on the rigs, you'd need to be GWO certified. Got it. Uh, Global Wind Organization. All the developers used to have their own ways of doing it. They all came together to simplify. It's working at heights, all that kind of stuff. Very technical. Things I'm not good at anyway, so I'm okay. <laughs> right. But if you want to get involved in offshore wind, you don't actually have to get that kind of technical training. There's going to be a lot of support that's needed on land. The EDC Pathways Program, EDC Economic Development Corporation, of it's course. a pseudo agency in the city. I am a consultant to them. I run a women and minority-owned business training. Any kind of company can be in there, whether it's construction, a tradesperson, security. We have a helicopter company in there, and we train them on what avenues you can be to support this industry. For the average individual, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of jobs that will be supporting this in the Northeast. You guys got to get down and see the barge. It's pretty cool. We were down there with the SIEDC. Um, I remember that. They yeah. showed you how to be able to like actually harness in and everything in the the courses, the certification courses there, it's 
now at the moment it's like uh, an add-on to construction work or somebody that's it's like taking an OSHA course, but right. it's something that's. I was going to say that, but I didn't want. They're ahead of the industry like right. right now. As they're building out the infrastructure for this, they're ahead of the industry. It's a really cool. It's a really cool barge that you could go out Where, on. Where's the, the barge? North or south? West. West. Oh. Yeah, I also want to say you don't necessarily even have to go on the rigs to be GWO certified. Getting that certification can help you get support jobs as well on land. I was going to say I had the I had the privilege of jumping off the GWO. Wow. deck when I was out there. They were kind enough to get me all strapped in, and they were like, all right, lower away. You've seen that. that I thought you were about time. to say the GW bridge. <laughs> <laughs> then the O jumped in there. It's a whole different world over there. It's really, it's unique if you haven't been exposed to it and you see what's coming. Like, you could start seeing the groundwork for the potential of what could be there and understand, like, the city's initiatives to, to lean green and how they're going to do it. So for the workers that are going to be getting on to ship, getting out to the ocean, they're doing deep water work. They got to go through that certification. Right. But I also mentioned you got the wind farms that are constructed, going to be constructed out in the ocean, and they've got cables that then come onto land. Then you've got stuff that's going to be built on the land side too, and that stuff isn't necessarily doesn't require like a specialized offshore wind training thing. Right. It's really just like electrical workers, general 100%. contractors, construction folks who could build an electrical converter station. They can bring electrical lines, build transmission cables, all that stuff. Fencing, security. How about IT? I know a good IT guy. IT, yes. IT. Yeah, actually, no, seriously. It, yeah. it, it's We're doing all this stuff because it's important for us to use the local businesses. Right. But, but I just want to make the point. You got the specialized jobs, and then you got all these jobs that they just look like the construction that's happening every day. I want to piggyback off of that. The EDC program that I talk about, we're really recruiting out of Staten Island, out of South Brooklyn, which are going to be the major hubs of this industry, these women and minority-owned businesses. But we also want to train local folks in construction and these basic skill sets and have those small companies get bids and hire out of the community. Yep. Staten Island JCC, Jewish Community Center, mm -hmm. we've won a few grants with them. We're training folks in just OSHA, green construction, that kind of thing, in hopes that they do get jobs in wind when it comes. So I'll ask the question that I probably shouldn't ask, but we own our own businesses and we're not MWB certified. How do, can regular, oh, are there opportunities for non-certified in that respect organizations? We want organizations? everything to okay. be New York, first right. and foremost. It should be for New York, by New York, and reflect New York, which is everybody. Yeah, and I'll add, in New York, so the agency is NYSERDA, New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. We're real right? good at acronyms. Okay, <laughs> NYSERDA. I have to remember it's NYSERDA. The best. But they're the agency that's running the offshore wind sector in the state. Got it. Over the years, they have woken up and realized, you know what? We don't just want an offshore wind development. We want an offshore wind development sector and industry that helps the local economy. Yep. And so in prior years, they were just like, Build the project, that's it. And they finally realized, oh no, we want you to build the project and we want you to commit to local businesses and local jobs. So that stuff oh, is good. now, it's hard-coded. As Staten Island business owners, we're, we're all happy right. to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big requirement for just how much money are you spending on local businesses and local jobs? You guys right. fit right in there. Yeah. The podcast being on marketing, so I'm going to get into some of this, but like for listeners, I've heard this before. These, the windmills are miles and miles off. Like people believe in their head, like they're going to look out and stand at the beach and see windmills. You, they're not visible. These are how many miles off are they planning to be? Yeah, I'll say our project, it, it varies. Ours is 40 miles out. 
Right. So you don't see sure 40 you're... miles out right. from the human eye Definitely and the earth's curves. But in terms of marketing and like what you were saying earlier, rap, they have six years, which we know goes quick, oh, quick. right? Six years will be here in no right. time, but you are, and, and you might not be the ones who are doing this, but I'm sure you, you have some involvement. It has become very political. Mm -hmm. So now it's tough because now you have to educate and sell because on either side of it, this is something that the state's doing. It's something very good that should be done. And now, how do you educate? And that it's tough because well, you, you have to educate. Hey, we're not killing whales. We're not killing birds flying by just because that's what's being said. You have to build an advocacy campaign around it, right? Like you have to educate people to understand, to know this is a benefit. This is a good thing. It's creating jobs. It's not going right. to kill a pigeon that's sitting on your porch or whatever that somebody might care about. It, it's just... It's something, it's part of the future. Like you said, it's worked in Europe for a lot of years. Yeah. Six years left, you're already a lot of years in. And what's interesting is that you've built like a, a super brand, right, with TMI and some of the other companies where a lot of different industries came together when they saw the need, mm -hmm. right? And Plus so what? everybody fills sense. different facets of what the offerings are. And then from that, other things have also then been created, like the idea to have a training school. Right. Instead I, of just doing the work and trying to be there to do it. Absolutely. Like when you were saying, you know, things are very big. When something's new, it's very big. Yeah. And I think we made it very Staten Island, New York City centric, which alleviates a lot of that political tension at our ribbon cutting at our barge. There was across the political spectrum there. And I think it excites people that this is new. This offers opportunity to our businesses, to our individuals, to our schools. We're doing K through 12 programming as well. I think that this can really provide a lot of development for the borough and for the communities within the borough. And you know yes. as well as I do, though, that Staten Island's a tough nut to crack, right? I mean, I have a diehard, live, eat, and breathe Staten Island. Born here, I will die here, I don't care. But we're tough, yeah. especially when it comes to things like this. So oh, you almost need a specific marketing campaign tailored to Staten Island and then a specific one to, like, the tip of Manhattan. That's tough, whatever you right. think. No, I love that. I think, and, and especially taking a step back with the theme of your podcast being marketing and how do you get that message out there. Totally agreed. I think this is part, all of us in the room right now, is part and parcel of that, which is like, how do we start educating the general public, the business community, folks that are looking for jobs, the construction community? How do we educate folks on what this is? Thankfully, we've got that time. We've got years, but we do want to get folks educated and aware of the opportunities right now. And you're right. Also, Staten Island is uniquely positioned, and I think that the message has to be tailored also. One of the amazing things about Staten Island geographically, is it is perfectly suited for offshore wind, right? 100%. Manhattan wouldn't work because you got all these bridges up there. Wouldn't work for a million reasons, but right. Staten Island is perfectly situated. It's one of the few places in the city that actually has a really strong maritime economy, the waterfront construction, boats and marine maintenance stuff. There are also a lot of sections of the island that do not have bridges that are between you and the ocean. And taking a step back, when we build these wind farms, even the, the whole thing, one wind farm is going to be multiple times bigger than the Statue of Liberty. It's, wow. it's going to be big things. A blade is going to be like multiple football fields long. So just think about that scale. You can't just drop it onto a flatbed and drive it around. Right. You want to bring it onto a massive ship. You can't have these bridges in your way because you're going to run into logistical challenges. Right. Staten Island is uniquely positioned. It's got great companies, it's got great talent, it's got great real estate, it's got great waterfront. We so buy big ships, that's what he's telling me. We have six yes. years to buy a ship to carry the propellers. Buy the big ship. So yeah. it's so just Staten Island really <laughs> does have, and I think it's really positioned to be the superstar location of New York State, of New York City. 
for the sector. I think that's part of why we're really excited about it. Absolutely, and just to go off that as well, um, it's different than the other boroughs, but it's also very much the same, where they care yeah. very deeply about their community, which is historically a lot of tradespeople, construction heavy. This is really the first opportunity to really invest in New York City's infrastructure, which means that there's going to be a lot of jobs. These are family-sustaining jobs, which is great. Yeah. And it could be inter several generations of Staten Islander who's working on this. My family was bricklayers for a long time. Send your kid to college yeah. kind of work that's going to come back to, to New York City. That's great. So that's, now, that's good to know. The wind concept is being looked at by a handful of different states. It's not just New York State now. It's a, a bunch of states on the East Coast are trying to jump in right now. Yep. Yep. Jersey, Jersey kill, kill the wind farms or all this. I don't know. My sister yeah. lives in Jersey. You drive, you see the signs of the lawn or something. Speaking for our project, again, we're taking a step back. We're in Venergy. We're the developer. The project's called Leading Light Wind. And we're actively competing in both New York and New Jersey. In fact, we're waiting to hear from New Jersey. We'll find out in the next two or three months if we've won or not. So we'll see. I'm going to ask a basic question. Mm -hmm. and again, excuse me for being naive. Once the energy is generated and created, where is it then stored? Because I know Mike and I are both on community board and we were involved in a separate uh, issue discussing this type of production, not wind related, but it was a, a big issue of how they're going to store this. So where does the energy go? When the turbines are spinning, then you've got electricity flowing in and you don't have to worry about storage, right? It's, and, and as long as taking a step back, the question is when do the, the homes and the businesses need the power and does that line up with when the turbines are spinning? If they're lining up, Perfect. No reason for storage. No need for storage. Just turn on the, the switch and, and it flows. Okay. But if there's a mismatch, like the turbines are spinning more at nighttime, businesses and people are going to sleep, right. they don't need that, then they got to store it. All, all this stuff is down the road because a lot of the specifics, I was just talking about how early we are in an industry yeah, yeah, in yeah. New York State. We haven't gotten into locations and whatnot. Uh, all I can say is this, this is all I know, that we want to be careful and I think we want to be smart at working with communities and working with neighborhoods, working with stakeholders on talking to everyone and saying, hey, where does it make sense for all of you? Where does it make sense in terms of safety? So so projects like ours and every other developments out there, we're going to have to find sites for storage. That's going to make sense. The state wants to see the storage component. We want to make sure that we do it like carefully, respectfully, and collaboratively with community and say, hey, does this site make sense? If not, let's find another site. That's good to know. Absolutely. Just Curious, because it, it was a big issue at a community board meeting. And again, not related to wind. So anyone here yep. listening or watching, no, not it. talking we about a wind project, but the storage was a big issue. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was just curious to see how, how they planned on doing that. Yeah. Now, you guys are union friendly, right? Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. All, most of it's going to be PLA work in New York. It's, I was about to say, this, it's in New York, That's of course. It's 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 I mean, they're going to integrate in with the different trades, correct? Correct. Again, going back to the... EDC Pathways program, we're trying to get signatories too. So there's a, a natural transition over there and anybody that they hire from the community can become a, a union member rather quickly and not have to go through the, the general competitiveness. Yeah, and I also add one of the main investors in our project is Ulico. Ulico is one of the biggest union pension funds in the country. And so I mentioned that embedded in our project, embedded in our DNA is, hey, we are definitely going to be partnering with organized labor, with all the unions. So wherever we're working, whether it's Jersey or Staten Island, we're getting out and talking to the, the main unions that are going to be doing the transmission work and the heavy engineering work and all of the above. We're talking to them, bringing them in early and saying, hey, we need to be ready to work in lockstep with you because we can't do it without you. To Matt's point, we're absolutely going to have project labor agreements. We're absolutely, it's all going to be documented. It's going to be 100% working closely with labor. So. And again, this is really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity investment in infrastructure, so they're very excited to be on board. You mentioned how in Jersey that you, your sister, they have these signs, signs yeah. kill the wind farms or whatever. How is 
how do you market to this? How do you help to spin this and turn this to help educate the consumer and the, the community that this is a good thing for them? I think we have to really get to the community. I think that with anything that's new, it always seems, again, very big and far away. These are people who are making decisions for my community that know nothing about it. And I think one thing that TMI is really trying to do is focus on these community organizations. I speak to them quarterly to make sure that they understand why this is good, what this can do for their community. I know Jeff is very passionate about community engagement as well. I think that's where it goes, because if you don't talk to the individuals on the ground, you will fall victim to narratives that are not necessarily true. And you always seem like the other, and the other is always a little scary. So right. what is the elevator pitch? Uh, you're, I'm the community group, because again, I'm, I'm pretty smart, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I really understand the nuance of everything we're discussing He's humble, here. too, <laughs> by the way. And I'm handsome, <laughs> enough to mention. I'm, I'm humble, handsome, and intelligent. But honestly, the nuance of what we're talking about, I am not privy to. So what's... Give me the value benefit or, or the yeah. elevator pitch. I call no, it an elevator it. pitch in my it. industry, but whatever. I think that it starts, there's so many positive things. I think one of the things that we like to talk about is the economic benefits of the project. And we think that's a way into kind of the hearts and minds of a lot of communities is, hey, listen, and we can speak for our project. We've been into New Jersey. We've been into New York. And, and some of our bids, we have stated, hey, we're giving up to $13 billion of economic benefits. That's all the jobs, it's right. all the contracts, it's all the infrastructure. So we're putting $13 billion into these state economies. We're generating roughly 25,000 jobs. We really want to lead heavily, lean heavily into that message and say, hey, you know, if you care about jobs, you care about getting work for these local businesses, and we're telling you that this is a priority for us. We want to work with community businesses. So we're really trying to use that as this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity to really lean into big infrastructure that's going to be done with local businesses, with local workers. So we're trying to, I think that's really leaning with that. Yeah. And at the same time, everything that we're doing is in close collaboration with the community, right? Just as a general principle of stakeholder engagement, we want to be talking to everyone. We want to be educating. And we want to make sure that we do decisions that are really informed by folks in the community. And here on Sound, I see that. I'm on the board of the Chamber of Commerce. I know there's been a number of presentations and come in. Uh, the SIEDC, I missed that one, but yep. you guys said that showed the training facility, and that's important, right? It's, you're not afraid. You're actually here, and you're educating, you're, and you, you want to show people here's what is possible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and key organizations like SIEDC, those folks have been great, really embracing this as, as an opportunity for the borough and as an opportunity for their membership. Same thing with Staten Island Chamber, but we can't do this alone, right? It doesn't make sense for us to go in and be like, let's start from scratch. No, we want to talk to the folks that know the business community and know what they do, what they're good at, what they want to get involved in. And so folks like SIEDC and, and the Chamber, they've been amazing partners of just like, Hey, come on in and right. talk to the businesses. They're still trying to understand. You got to come in. You got to talk to them. And they've been great at setting up those spaces. Whether it's at like a conference, we were out at the at their annual business conference a few months back. Come on out. Let's sit down. It's a big room, small room. Get these folks in the room and start talking to them. What's the waterfront construction? What's the landside construction? What's the maritime piece? What's the electrical? And then it'll take some time. Hopefully not a full six years. We'll take right. some time to have these folks understand. Hey, I get it. The lights turned on for me. And I, I also just want to say, too, we want to educate and inform, but we also want to be educated. Knowing what's important to people on Staten Island helps us make decisions on how we're going to go about this. It should not be one way, and I think that's what a lot of individuals are worried about. It really should be a two-way street. You know, right. we get this done. But there's a big change right now, though, too. When you look at the, like, the demographic information of how 
even in just the short period of time from the pandemic till now, how there's been people that have migrated away from Staten Island, people in, a, in large groups and populations of people moving to Staten Island. So you guys are going to offer basically trainings for multiple different languages. Your, your outreach is going to be full broad spectrum across all nationalities and opportunity for everyone, right? It's an industry for New York by New York that looks like New York. That's I like really that. I might steal that. I'll All give right. you credit. What I, I think uh, they trademarked it. Right? That looks like New York. I like that. TM. 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 Yeah, that was nice. TMI. Yeah, and then, then it goes to how you do that outreach, right? Doing it in multiple languages, making sure that you get out into the community to various neighborhoods so you make sure that everyone gets a chance to learn about it in their own language. We put effort into make sure we translate some of our project materials so we can give handouts in a variety of languages, Spanish, et cetera. So that it's accessible and you reduce one of those barriers to, to understanding and education. But absolutely, we want to get out. And again, I want to go back to the point about working with local partners, right? Nonprofit organizations, agencies that are doing work in the borough. Let's work through them. That's, they're already, they've already been in the community talking to folks for decades. If we can get into their room and say that we've got a captive audience of, hey, 500, 1,000 people, here's a message. We want to share their information with you. But absolutely, that's the way that we want to make sure that it's an opportunity open to everybody. And it's going to be like an engineering marvel, right? You think about going to town, watching the Verrazano Bridge be built, right? And what was that in the 60s, right? Early 60s when that opened? Like, just think about like... You were there. It was like 25. Yeah, okay. But, you know, think about like laying cable from a a wind farm 40 miles off the coast and like bringing back. And it's going to be incredible and hopefully documented and shared to the community because like when those ships go out like when dan has a bigger boat and uh, he has his blade on it being in dan logistics but it's going to be pretty amazing and so it's going to be fun to watch yeah again staten island is perfectly situated and i love the way they're describing that in a few years from now we're going to see big infrastructure happening here on the borough i'll give a shout out to akt which is a port facility being developed on the arthur kill AKT is Atlanta, sorry, Arthur Kill Terminal. That is a staging facility. It's not being developed by us, but the point is this is an industry that's being built by numerous players. Places like that, in a few years from now, you're going to see massive infrastructure coming together. And then one day there's going to be a massive ship that takes the first blade right. or tower right. or monopile. And it is going to be really impressive because right now... It still doesn't really exist. And then when we finally can see it, that's going to be pretty exciting. Now we just have to have the community get behind you and help you complete it. Yes. Because that's the one thing on Staten Island we love to do. Half a project. Look at the wheel. <laughs> I just saw that in the news today. You built, you built some wheel. That, I remember that was the big thing. They poured the foundation for the wheel, and this is it. And then now it's just... They try to figure out what do we do with this wheel site. Now they're going to bidding it out again. Different animal. Yeah, Different right? animal. It's an entertainment facility. This is building jobs and creating careers. Um, He's, he shot, shot you down. Well, <laughs> just shut you down right there. You know what? Like, <laughs> be quiet. But what, what's interesting though is as you're marketing yourselves, you're again multifaceted, right? You're building a school, and you're also building a construction company, an engineering company. You're building all these other things. As far as advocacy for the initiatives of being able to be present here. How are you guys starting to brand the school outside of the labor unions? How are you letting local people know that there's opportunity here for a certificate course and that's reasonably short, reasonably affordable, and that you guys have the ability to get people in the door before the game gets here, really? Sure. So we're doing some of that. We are, because we have our hands in so many different parts of the pot, we are taking some of the community people away from GWO just because those jobs aren't here yet. 
and we're trying to hook them up with green construction or other renewable job trainings just so they're in the ecosystem. And then when the time comes, we're going to have scholarship through grants for those individuals is, is our plan. We, what, the last thing we really want to do is have empty promises. I think that's another thing that people are afraid of is, oh, this is going to be great. There's going to be so many jobs, but all the jobs are insourced or people come in and, and take those jobs. We really want to make sure that we're on the up and up from the beginning. I could just add on that is that we're a big believer that to get people excited about these jobs, we talked about how many years it's going to be until they start happening, right? And anyone in the industry, one of the things we talk about is also that we don't, we're not ready to, we don't have the trained workers yet. We're going to need so many thousands of trained workers and we don't have them yet. And so we're going to need young people to get excited about these careers. Right now when you're a little kid and you're like, I want to be a firefighter, I want to be a, a cop, I want to be a construction worker. You don't have any kids saying, I want to be an offshore wind engineer. <laughs> Go back to that. Yeah, no. but I th we glazed over this before. Like you talked about touching K to 12, right, yep. with education and moments yep. about that. So you're literally getting it into the education system now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we're getting into classrooms and into classrooms, into high schools, into two-year colleges, four-year colleges, either as a program or just on a one-off basis. And we're saying, hey... Future workers, all you young folks, whether you're in third grade or you're about to finish your associate's degree, you got to be aware that you want to have an exciting job. You want to get a well-paid job that's going to sustain you. This is out there. Start thinking about it so that as you start to go through your academic career, you can start picking your courses and think, hey, you know what? That's a good job for me. And, the, and there's a lot of amazing charter schools on the island. Hopefully you're working with somewhere like Integration Charter School, I think, underneath us. And the, some great candidates for employees and training. It's also great for those folks that aren't really into school. There's a lot of vocational training that you can get a great, again, family-sustaining job. And a dream delayed is not a dream denied. You can work in offshore wind as a tradesperson for a long time and then go up the ladder if you want to get educated, formally educated. If this existed 20 years ago, George Costanza might not want to be an architect. <laughs> or a marine biologist. Right. Or a marine right. biologist. <laughs> I think what's interesting is... The way you're doing this, and to me, what I keep hearing, what I think makes sense is for marketing, I think you need to look at this almost as like a documentary, right? Like you guys are, think of yourselves as historians, right? Because you're really writing history, and, and you have the ability to document it and promote it as such. So I think if you step back from it, because one of the things we see with clients is that as the client, you're so engrossed in the project or in the brand or in the store, whatever it is that's your niche, or the craft, right? You don't look at it on the outside. So if you could think it, Think of what the story would be on the outside. I think you'd have very much success in our market, in the Manhattan market, in, in any market really when it comes to how you're branding yourself because it is a story of pioneering, entrepreneurship, bringing the next level. If that gets lost in translation, then I think you're in trouble. But I think if you think of it as you're a historian and, and document what's going on and promote that and push it out through video content and social media and all that stuff, I think you have a story that, that people you win people over. And on the flip side of that too, you also have the ability to – take a new up-and-coming industry and then be able to apply all of these new learnings or transitions into video content and podcasts and everything else yeah. and leverage that in your education system. So Make it a template. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're a franchise. Yeah. You, you just get the school going and that, right? Wherever they want to do it, they're going to pick it up and buy your model and implicate in the next region or in the next state or in the next wherever. No, I totally agree to talk about video content as an example, right? One of the the phrases I've heard in the past year, and I really like it, is you can't be it if you can't see it. And so you can have all this talk, but if you either can't visualize it or you don't see images of it that right. are compelling. Right. I can tell you, for me, again, 
We're not seeing the actual construction activity happening in New York yet, but you look at places like New Bedford, Massachusetts, where you do have some of the first infrastructure being assembled and rolled out into the ocean and, and construction happening. And just seeing videos of that, it's, it really changes your mind. You're like, you're like, whoa, that's the scale. Whoa, it's really happening. Wow, this stuff is like enormous and it feels like it's a real... So that's when the light really goes off. When you're, I love what you're saying. Like, how do we start to tell those stories, get them out to the public in a way that's really accessible? And the key theme is, right, hey, this is helping green the environment, but it's also putting dollars into your pocket, right. into the local Making business the community pocket. Better. Yeah, and really helping position the whole region, right? Because you go to Louisiana, they don't have the sector yet. They're trying. We're a step or two ahead of them. You go to California. They're trying to do this, but they don't have it yet either. You go to Pacific Northwest, and clearly you go to the, the middle of the country. They got onshore wind, but offshore is something totally new. We've got a chance to really be the leader for the country and get in front of it and be like, hey, it all points back to Staten Island. This is where... Right. But I think that's the story. Because yeah. Staten Island is going to get behind that. Yeah. I also think a, a good narrative was Big Staten FOMO. Island. Fear of missing out. Big FOMO. Staten Island has also taken on the environmental burden of the city for a very long time. Uh, yeah. and I think We're proud of it. A, we love to live on the dump. <laughs> This is, good. this is an opportunity to change that, though. You're, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're the start of the greeting of, of New York. And yeah. you talk about the scale of it. I'm almost picturing, like, those YouTube videos where it shows, like, the scale of the universe, and you start at the planet, and you zoom out. I just, I see the video, because that's what, like, people tell me. Oh, no, I'm going to see this from shore. You're not going to see this from the shore. Almost showing the right. scale of, as you said, multiple sizes of the Statue of Liberty, and then zooming out and showing that, like, 3D model of it back and showing, no, you stand on the shore you don't see it it's not right there because that's what like when you talk with people that's what they imagine they imagine they're going to stand there and just see windmills from standing on the beach it's perception right it's like they they hear a certain narrative and until it's physically there they're not going to know and then when it's not the way they predicted they'll say i told you that was not a true story anyway i knew it was gonna look like this that's what's not out of this i was old i knew they were gonna be 50 miles out i can't believe you thought it was gonna be right here can we go back to something dan i think you were talking about we were talking about education for a second and sure. i just want to also bring it in mike i think you mentioned some local schools but speaking of like local education opportunities to get this message out there some of the folks that we've been working with college of staten island has been a really good partner to us and by extension cuny Club Staten Island has been really great. We talked to them a bunch. We actually funded a, a bunch of their students to come to the main industry conference. It's called IPF down in Baltimore this past year and more. And the idea being like, hey, let's get folks that are doing engineering or STEM careers and let's get them, support them in thinking about you could do a lot of things. You could also take that background and get into offshore wind. You're the perfect person to do that. And the CUNY schools, CSI, they really do a good job of opening opportunity to people throughout the borough who don't have to shell out for crazy tuition and can actually get a great quality education. So we're working with College of Staten Island. There's a thing called CUNY Offshore Advisory Network, which is a whole bunch of CUNY campuses, including College of Staten Island. They have a program called Bridges to Offshore Wind, where basically you could be just starting your career. You could be, you've already spent a few years in the workforce and you're thinking, hey, I need to reskill myself. I need to think about what's the new career I want to get into. And then there's a, they started offering, and we've provided, we've been a guest lecturer at some of these trainings. This is a few days worth of training and education on what the sector is and how you might fit into it and what it means. So I'll just mention that there are a lot of ways that I think we as an industry 
have to work with local partners like College of Staten Island and other local schools to, to make sure we're getting that message out there. Absolutely. Jeff Lee Romero, thank you for joining us today. Matt McInerney, same to you. Can thank you guys you. give us quick, as you're signing off, just share where people can find you, find a little information about Invenergy and TMI and Indigo River and everything else that you guys have going on? Sure. Indigo River, you, know, you could Google. We are a design, waterfront, architecture, urban planning company. TMI Waterfront, we have a big LinkedIn presence. But I also just want to EDC Pathways Program, any construction or small business in uh, Staten Island, please apply uh, if you're a woman or minority-owned business. Yeah, awesome. And then speaking for Leading Light Wind, we've got a website, leadinglightwind.com. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. I'd say all three, get on those, sign up, follow us. We're pretty active in trying to do what we're doing right now, trying to get information out there. So we're really accessible, all three of those. And I'll say, just a plug for the businesses, if you go to leadinglightwind.com website and you click on the supply chain tab, there are a couple of fields where you can actually put your business information in and say, hey, I'm a contractor. I want to start getting information on what these opportunities might look like. Yeah. And there are a couple ways to do that. So again, for all the small businesses, like it could be anything. It could be media. It could be IT. It doesn't just have to be putting shovels in the ground. It could be a lot of other stuff, right? We all know that in the 21st century, like these projects require a lot of technology and a lot of ancillary services. So please, please, please sign up, get our newsletter. And yeah, we want to stay in touch. For you guys, thank you again. We really appreciate you guys and what you're bringing to the community, making community a focus. As far as M Squared goes, we're wrapping up 2023. Um, Happy holidays. It's been, a, it's been a fun year. I Happy. thank you guys both for taking this run for the last year together. <laughs> Has uh, it been a year already? It's it been has. a year. It's been it's a crazy. Lot. But uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys on air, off air. I don't like any, either of you. <laughs> now into 2020. Sarcasm's gotten thicker. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, this is M Square. Don't I'm forget Dan to Ryan. like, follow, share, hit that subscribe button. Follow us at M Squared. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. I'm going to say it. Merry Christmas. Merry, that's a wrap. Merry Christmas. That's a wrap.